This is an AMI podcast. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Welcome back to Now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. Last week, the Canadian Pediatric Society abandoned a hard and fast rule on time limits for screen use among toddlers and preschoolers. Here to tell us more about it is Marco Flalo from Double Tap TV, which can be found on AMI-tv Tuesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern. Mark joins us from Montreal. Good morning, Mark. How are you doing? Good. Yourself, Alex? Oh, not too bad. It's Monday, you know, shaking off yeah. a bit of rust, uh, technical snafus <laughs> early in the show, but doing well. We're... we're we're on to a good stretch in the show, and being able to chat with you is always a delight, Mark. So, um, first off, like, can you tell me a bit about what were some of the previous suggestions that were in place around screen time in toddlers? Well, it was a pretty hard and fast rule. Pediatricians were recommending forever that uh, that kids, that, you know, not infants, because they're saying that under two years old should have no access to screen time unless they're talking to a grandparent or a family re- uh, relative. But they're saying that uh, toddlers should not have more than two hours of screen time a day. Now, I'll tell you, as a parent going into the pandemic and that first pediatrician appointment right after the pandemic, when that nurse walked in the room and said, so how many hours a day or how much time do your kids spend on, on screen time? And you'd be like, <clears throat> twelve hours. Um, uh, obviously, you know that is that is that is one of the reasons that we're having this conversation today because a lot of things have changed since that original two-hour recommendation. Absolutely, and I, I think it's also too. It's just the the fact of life that uh, you know technology has grown. How how long those rules had been in place before, and and the the era of the smartphone and technology. So, you know, did the uh, Pediatric Association give any uh, like rationale for this change? Yeah, obviously, exactly what you were saying in terms of the way the technology has evolved. What they're doing here is they're really they're encouraging instead of putting a hard and fast time limit on here, they're encouraging the parents prioritize educational interactive and age-appropriate material. So they're saying that if you're going to be on an iPad, if you're going to be on a tablet of any kind, you should be doing something that's actually educating you, something that's not going to, you know, obviously uh, burden, you know, your, your your actual life. So basically don't play games, play games that are educational. Of course, there are exceptions to that rule, such as video chatting with grandparents. And then they're saying the kids aged two to five should really restrict any sedentary screen time to one hour a day. So they're saying if you're going to be on there and you're going to be learning something, then just go at it, keep going at it. But if you're going to start watching, you know, Bob the Builder and, uh, you know, SpongeBob SquarePants, maybe that should be one hour a day. Obviously, they realize that things have changed over the past several years specifically, but it it is just a constantly evolving, you know, direction in terms of what's coming from the pediatric society. Absolutely. And I got to tell you, I'm blown away half the time now when I see any young child like under two, three years old and, and just their mastery of things like smartphones oh, yeah. and tablets. It's like they know what they're doing. They know what they're doing <laughs> sometimes better than I know what I'm doing. I mean, I you, you could see them with an iPhone. It's like I, I don't even know how to uh, fully manage an iPhone like that. They're, they're hitting settings or getting into all these different things. It seems like it's just a, a different world now that it's just kids are – 
so adapted to technology. They've grown up with it, Alex, right? They've yeah. grown up with it. So they, they've really started and they're like, okay, they see mom and dad. Oh, you're touching a screen. I can do that. And suddenly they realize, oh, it responds to what I'm doing. So it really is a different kind of generational you know, growth, so to speak. Well, and it's also too, it, I think it also speaks to the user friendliness of a lot of these devices now because yeah. like in the early days you know it wasn't really user friendly you had to figure out how it works but now it's like oh touch screen bright uh, high contrast uh, buttons and colors and things like that it's designed to make it as simple as possible for for users so kids just kind of pick up on that very easily yeah, I mean, you think back to you know days when we had keyboards and and uses use styluses, and didn't use our fingers. And then Steve Jobs said, "Hey, why aren't we using these you know pointing devices that we have built into our our body, which is our fingers?" And now looking back, it seems so archaic that we ever didn't use our hands to just naturally control the devices that we're on. I don't know how many times that I open my MacBook and I try to touch the screen to get it to do something and it doesn't happen. So it actually has come to the point where if you're not able to interact with something with touch, it seems so archaic. In terms of the the guidelines around uh, this, this uh, change in the, in the times, so you, you mentioned it's like, okay, they, they want it to be more focused on educational uh, programming. Like, so... Is there any other like kind of specifics or, or guidelines or, or um, things that they want parents to kind of be aware of or, or try to uh, gravitate their uh, their child's time towards with the screen? So what was, yeah, so what they're saying is no limits for interactive and engaging forms of screen use, you know, such as educational programs, family movie nights. But they're they're advising parents to do better. And focus on reducing passive screen use. So when you're co-viewing with kids, for example, that, that's something they don't want you to do. They want you to just get off that screen. And, and I'm going to quote something from the actual study, which says the best things they can do for their child is to interact with them one-on-one. -on -one. No kidding, of course. Um, if they can. And, and that, that's a key word, if they can. Because we know that during the pandemic and during lockdowns and, and even you know pre-COVID-19 momentum, um, People, not, I, I hate to say used it as a babysitter, but when you are able to do work and you can focus and your kids are just kind of occupied and not bugging you, you're able to get your job done. So it's a very careful balancing act as a parent to make sure that you're not exposing your child to too much screen time, something that could hurt them. But at the same time, you have to realize that this is life. People are working from home now. People are still working from home and need to find ways to make sure their kids are engaged. Thankfully, schools are back open, at least for the time being in Ontario, um, uh, but around the rest of the world. So kids are actually at least there engaging with the actual education system. Yeah, that's that's a very good point because it's not just like, yeah. oh, here, we'll put this, uh, the screen in front of you. You got your your favorite uh, uh, program playing, you can go and sit there and watch it for a couple hours. You're you're fine, but it's also key too. That's like, well, you know, it it depends on the type of content as well because you know you don't want them being like, well, well my FaceTime call with with uh, grandma and grandpa, eh, it's not educational. Swipe, okay, I my my limit's done. I don't want to talk to you anymore. No, so the, there's real key uh, defined areas here. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, we want to we want to make sure that they're listen, you know, I remember going to one of uh, my optometrist appointment and he was saying that there was a key pivot in 2007 um, where eyes came in more dry and there were a lot more issues in terms of vision. And that was directly related to the introduction of the iPad and the iPhone. So there are things that we have to do as just responsible humans in society to make sure that our kids aren't, uh, you know, irre irrevocably harmed. Um, and this is one of those things that hopefully 
hopefully we can uh, at least put the onus on ourselves to manage that instead of worry about some kind of hard, fast rule from the pediatric society that says two hours or we're going to, you know, punish you. Yeah, exactly. Mark, thank you so much for bringing this forward. Before we let you go, let us know what's coming up on the next uh, next episode of Double Tap. We're going to be talking about all about an app called the Clue app, which helps you navigate indoors. Well, Mark, thank you so much uh, uh, for chatting with me. I hope you have a, a wonderful day, and uh, we'll check in with you next time. Thanks, Alex. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Join me every couple weeks for the Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther podcast, where we learn about outdoor tech and tips. Plus, we look at news affecting the environment. AMI's Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther is available from your favorite podcast provider.